Hello, you beautiful ladies and gentlemen out there. Welcome to episode five of the Raindrop Corner. I really enjoyed interviewing this week's guest. I got to interview Stephanie Taylor. She's a friend of mine, but she's also a financial paragon of the community, does a lot of education on financial wellness, whether it has to do with debt, whether it has to do with insurance, whether it has to do with different means of taking care of your family and different avenues of your life. It actually was a eye-opening interview for me. I learned a lot and I'm all about learning as nerdy as that sounds. But sometimes money has a stigma attached to it, which is something that we also address in the middle of the interview. So I won't go into detail on the intro. But because of that, sometimes we as a people, myself included, shy away from certain aspects of it. So I kind of walked away with um, a little bit more of of an empowerment and an encouragement when it comes to talking about money and being more comfortable with where I stand in that regard. So it was nice. Um, as a precursor, there might be moments where you hear something pit-pattering back and forth. That is just my husky who wanted some cuddles and she wasn't able to get them during the interview. So you'll have to pardon me for that. And I also realized that I do something in my podcast. I have a tendency to put my hands together and that unfortunately makes background noise. So those weird sounds that you hear that sounds like hands coming together, being put on a knee or something like that, that is me and I promise to do better next time. Hey everybody, I'm here with Miss Stephanie Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me Absolutely. today. Absolutely, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited to yeah. have you. Stephanie's probably one of the most inspirational and positive individuals that I know. Thank you for, uh, for inviting me here and to be able to talk to you because um, it's an honor being able to hear what you say about being inspirational and things of that sort. And um, I do have to accredit it to Primerica to a certain extent, but not because of the business side and not because of necessarily what we do. It's because of um, how by being in a good environment, uh, you're able to grow as a better person. Because um, how long have we known each other now? For about, it's been about two and a half two years. Two and a half years, almost three years, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and that started because of Primerica, right? Mm -hmm. um, but just being able to be a, a, around a core group of people who all have the same goals, um, you know, who want to do better for others, it's, uh, it's allowed me to be able to find what my inspiration is. And that comes down to helping people in so many different ways. Five years ago, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew, everybody wants to do that, you know, like everybody, that, that's, that's in our DNA. Um, and I thought I was gonna do a massage therapy, Kayla. Did, did you, know, you? Yeah, I did you, not did, know. You didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> I went to school, because everybody here, she, you know, go to school, get a good education, things of that sort. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. so massage therapy was my first avenue, all right? So I went to school, I wanted to open up my own spa, you know, mm -hmm. so huge dreams. Um, but I realized after I graduated that going along that path was a whole lot more money that I didn't have and wasn't going to impact the way people the way that I wanted to. So, uh, so I was actually introduced to Primerica from a stranger. How about that, right? Kind of the same way that I met <laughs> yeah, you, you know, same exactly. way that I met you. So, uh, and um, I thought it was interesting, you know, the fact that by learning how to become financially literate, I can not only change my life, but I could change other people's lives simply through education. So uh, that's was the that was the gateway for what I've been able to do for the past five years in the community. Um, what I've been able to do for friends, family, things of that sort. Does that make sense right there? It makes right. perfect sense. Right. And one of the things that you said that stuck out to me is education. Yes. Because I feel like a, a big part of many problems in the world is people not knowing Absolutely. certain things. Absolutely. So what was it about the education that you received from meeting that stranger that really kind of cultivated the idea of what you're doing now. Miguel Camargo, who's now one of my best friends now, he uh, he invited me down to the office, and it was on the premise of making more money part-time, okay? that I was broke. Okay? <laughs> I was working two jobs. After I had graduated from massage therapy school, I couldn't find a job. So I ended up working at Dillard's, liked it there, worked at a Chinese restaurant, but still broke. So when Miguel said, hey, listen, you can make more money, I didn't really care what it was, right? Mm -hmm. So I came down with that first thought, but after he showed me how I had the wrong type of life insurance, um, 
with a company that I thought was okay, and he saw me. He showed me how I can get more coverage for less money. That was a game changer. And then the the really the part that stuck out to me was the fact that I could save a certain amount of money. I remember I was broke, so I, I never thought I could save money. You ever met somebody that, like, they're, I mean, just paycheck to paycheck. They don't know where they're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. That was me for and, a while. See, listen, <laughs> listen, everybody. So I was in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever sat down with me and showed me how I could break that cycle. Nobody ever showed me that saving a little bit of money while you're making a little money, bit of money can turn into something different. So the night that I saw what Primerica does, Miguel showed me how if I save this much money, $100 a month, mm-hmm. for 40 years, at a 9% rate of return, that could turn out to almost a million dollars. Which is I, unreal. I, yeah, unreal. Yeah. Okay, 40 years from now, that's a long time. But everybody could find $100. Everybody. Even for me. I found that I was spending almost $200 a month on frozen yogurt, Kayla, okay? That's why I got these cute little pounds right here, okay? You know what? <laughs> but everybody's some like, gourmet, you know, the gourmet food, baby, okay? No, I was eating a lot and it was twice a week, right? But I found it, mm-hmm. you know? And after I saw that, I said, okay, I feel like I'm pretty smart, okay? Um, I'm doing my best when it comes to working. Why has nobody ever showed me how money works? And I realized that if I hadn't seen it just yet, imagine how many other how many how many other people are in the dark when it comes to money. So I said, you know what? Maybe I can teach people financial literacy because now I have my own game plan. Maybe I could be able to show people that. Does that make sense right there? That's how it impacted me. That's what got me started. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, do you find that you run into roadblocks with educating people and explaining it to them? Because I find that people have, there's this stigma about talking about money mm-hmm. unless you're giving it. Absolutely. Where sometimes people don't want to talk about it or sometimes they just, they feel like, you just want something from them. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you overcome obstacles of talking to people about money and helping them see that it's it's not about, you know, you trying to sell them something, it's about you trying That's to good. enrich their That's lives. That's good. That's good. Almost a double-edged sword. Because you're actually right. I mean, there is a stigma about talking about money. If you work at a job, you're not supposed to tell your coworker how much money you make, are you? No. Right? No, you're not. If you're in debt, you're not supposed to. That's a hush-hush thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um if you need help from your family members and it comes to money, you're almost not supposed to talk about that, right? Yeah. Especially in my community, you know, I'm Hispanic and that's something that, I mean, just isn't really talked about. So when I run into people in, you know, who maybe don't want to talk about it just yet, my biggest thing is, is one, if it's not broken, I'm not going to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. But two, I always tell people, if you know better, you can do better. Now, if they're willing to listen just to what I have to teach them, whether they decide to become a client of mine or not, that's on them. But if they're just willing to listen, that's where it really starts. So overcoming them, the obstacle is kind of, I have to be as passionate as possible, letting them know, hey, listen, Kayla, I want to help you. Okay, I really want to help you. Just let me teach you a couple of things. But I mean, it always comes down to the fact that sometimes people don't want to get helped. I mean, let me let me tell you a story. There's... um. You know, there's a gentleman, he's, uh, you know, he, he's driving almost through the sticks, okay? He got lost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, let's say trying to go down to, uh, to Disney World, okay? And, and he got lost in the sticks, and um, so he stops at a gas station, all right? And there's, there's an older man. He's sitting on a rocking chair outside of the gas station, and, and the old man's dog is, is right next to him. And so the guy comes up and he says, excuse me, sir, I'm lost. Can you point me in the right direction? So the old man starts giving this guy directions. Okay, so you're going to go up to this light. You're going to take a right. And as the old man is trying to, uh, you know, give directions, the dog is howling, okay? You know, howling like there's something wrong. So the guy says, excuse me, sir, your dog is, is, is howling right now. You know, is he okay? And the old man brushes him off and says, you know, he's fine. It's okay. So he says, okay, so after you take a right at the light, then you're going to make a left. You're going to go about, you know, about a mile down, and the dog is still howling, okay? You know, making all these noises, so on and so forth. So the guy interrupts and says, excuse me, sir. There's really something wrong with your dog. He's howling. And the old man says, oh, he's fine. He's just sitting on a nail. And the guy says, the guy says, well, if he's sitting on a nail and he's hurting, why isn't he moving? And the old guy says, I don't really know. I guess he hasn't felt enough pain yet. That goes down to the stigma of what happens, you know. 
five years ago, I felt a lot of pain. I was tired of taking care of my two nephews and, and not tired of taking care of my two nephews. I'm sorry. I was tired of the fact that I was doing my best to take care of my nephews, take care of my mom, you know, work with my spouse. And I was still broke. I wanted to save. I wanted to break the generational curse. So when somebody came to me and said that they could help me, I got off the nail. Kayla, there's some people that just don't want to get off the nail. And for me, I always say, listen, I'll follow up with them because eventually, hopefully they will, I'm here to be able to help them. So overcoming obstacles, just be as passionate as possible on whatever you're trying to do, whether it's in Primerica, whether it's you're trying to show somebody, you know, your design that you want to be able to show somebody or share a book with somebody. Just be as passionate as possible and they might not want to see it now. They might not want to get off the nail just yet, but make sure that you're still passionate and willing to follow up with them. Does that answer your question right there? It does. I mean, and it's such a beautiful philosophy yeah. because not only are you educating, but you're also being consistent. Absolutely. You have, you're being sincere. Absolutely. I think that sincerity is something that's in lack uh, yeah. in, in certain aspects of the world that we live in. So it's always refreshing when someone cares enough to say, I know we talked a while ago, but how are you doing? Absolutely. Not because, you know, I'm trying to get something from Show you. Show you something. But, trying to get something back. Right. But because yeah. I genuinely care. And by the way, that nail story as a writer, I can totally appreciate that. See, it counts. <laughs> I'm telling story. you, it counts, Kayla. Okay, I think it's, that's, that's what keeps me sane. It's just knowing they haven't felt enough pain just yet, but keep following up. And, and you're right about sincerity. I think, and, and not even I think this is a, a, a genuine belief of mine now, is that the reason why we may lack sincerity just in culture right now is because, one, we're all instant gratification. We're so instant gratification that's, now. That's very true. But, two, a lot of people haven't found what they love and what they can be passionate about. There are people out right now that are just trying to sell something to make a dollar. We all want to make money. But if there's no sincerity behind it and if you're not willing to give so much before you receive, that's where the lack of sincerity comes in. So I agree with you completely. Um, you know, for anybody that maybe isn't, uh, isn't really experiencing, um, I guess, the, the success that they want to just yet or even hasn't found what really gets them excited, they got to try a bunch of stuff until they can find something that they're willing to give it away for free. They're willing to do that action for free as much as possible because, you know what, Kayla? The universe always returns it. it You'll does. always get it back. You'll There's, always get it um, back. My editor has this really good saying. It's um, the universe will conspire. And every time. That is something that I live by every day because good. I find that you will fall and you will struggle. And failure is a matter of perception. Absolutely. So once you realize that everything gets easier even in moments where things might not be going exactly the way Absolutely. you want it to go. Um, now, you, you're doing these great things and you have these great philosophies. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you pretty much always had that mindset from a young age? What was young Stephanie like? Well, younger, younger Stephanie. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember too much. Um, that's such a challenging question uh, because... I think my mom and my dad, I was very blessed. My mom and dad did get divorced when I was 12. However, before then, um, my mom and dad together teaching us kids about being resilient, not giving up. Competition was really big. I mean, I'm a middle child of five, all right? And then, listen, <laughs> y'all, the middle child syndrome is real, okay? <laughs> like, my two younger sisters left me out. My older sister, my older brother left me out, but it no was still love. no love at all, right? <laughs> you know, but um, competition was really big. And um, and always doing everything that you can to, to be your best. You know, I, I remember um, I wanted to do karate when I was seven years old, all right? So I asked my mom and my dad, well, three weeks in, it was hard. So I tried to quit. You think my mama and daddy let me quit? Nah, okay? <laughs> like, just um, just sticking it out. And then my mom is a believer, okay? She, uh, you know, she's a believer, and she instilled spirituality in us as well. And um, I believe that that's one of the reasons why it helped me, um, as I'm growing up, be a little bit more positive and be mentally tough because of what I've gone through growing up. So... Um, younger Stephanie wasn't always positive, okay, um, and as optimistic as I am now. Um, wasn't as, 
I guess, sincere as I'm, I am now, and I accredit that to the past five years of my, you know, my life. But when it comes to uh, being mentally tough, yeah, I definitely was mentally tough back then. Okay, because <laughs> that's something. I'm, but you experience it. I mean, for yourself, and I don't know if you, you, you know, you've shared your story with. Um, with the you know your audience, I'm sure you will soon enough, oh, right? Shoot. You're yeah. actually asking me yeah. about myself. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, don't happen very often. yeah. So, um, and and I won't um, force you to do that just yet because that could be something that you talk about. But two and a half years ago, when I heard your story, that inspired me. You're mentally tough. You've gone through something I've never gone through. Well, thank you. And the, absolutely, and the fact that you're positive about it, you're genuine, you're loving, and you keep giving to your community and to people that you're around that's something that's that's inspiring as well you're mentally tough you're inspirational and i appreciate that and i i don't know if you grew up like that right or if that's something that came out i mean in in many ways i did um like like yourself i don't think i was always as positive as i am now and i went through up and down phases um, yeah. Life has a tendency to do that yes. <laughs> to us. Good old life. <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. you to me personally, I feel like you have to be Absolutely. a little immature and maybe even a little selfish at times to learn what's important in Absolutely. life. Because I I think if I ever met someone who was just completely perfect, no flaws, seemingly that was scary. That's me scary. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, like know? I. I appreciate the fact that people have, I mean, I'm not saying everybody should go through things, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate the fact that a person can admit their flaws and acknowledges that there was a time where maybe they didn't know as much Mm -hmm. as they do now. Absolutely. Um, The one thing that I've always tried to focus on is pushing yourself. Oh, 100%. Um, And and that is something that I feel like you've always done personally. um, Your, your posts, your messages that you give to people um you didn't speak speak when i went um to primary yeah, yeah. but you still said a couple words and it, it was nice to hear um i appreciate you, you that, know you yeah. barely you barely knew me but to be so encouraging to someone that you didn't know those things speak volumes for some people especially if they're kind of lacking in in confidence confidence things of that nature thing like that and i appreciate that because that's something that I've had to work on. My mom's always been like that, Kayla. Always. I'm talking about give a compliment to a stranger. A genuine one now. All right? Now, <laughs> you know, if somebody doesn't have the cool shoes on, don't tell them that they got the cool shoes on. Okay, don't lie now, right? But give a genuine compliment. If you like something about somebody, tell them. Because you never know if they've heard that. You know, um, I think that's the biggest thing. I would see my mom out and about. She has a gorgeous smile i mean you just picture a woman just walking i mean just glowing okay walking down the street you could see the aura of positivity that she has and she would say hello to you what do you think most people said back hi hi hello right and that turns into a compliment or a conversation and it's a compliment and, and um coming down to you know how we met and the things that I told you was completely genuine because I think that you should look for the good in people. We don't have that enough now- nowadays. And um, working around the people that I do, like Jason and Azzy and Miguel and, and, you know, all of our teammates, the culture that is created in our office is to always look for the best and tell people about that. So it's, a, it's something that's practice. You know, it's something that's practice. And you do it yourself. You do it yourself. We know that. So she keep giving me compliments. That's, we do it ourselves. I'm blushing and smiling over <laughs> she here. She is blushing though, so it's cute. Right? <laughs> no, it's um, so I hope that makes sense there. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it has to help that you have that environment. It's great to go to work and actually like what you oh, do. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. That that is that is such a rare thing. Now, let so. me let me ask you. What's your vision? Like, what do you want to do with? with not just Prime America, but yourself, what are, what are Stephanie's goals and aspirations? Let's take Prime America um, out of the situation because Prime America is not for everybody. Everybody's not for Prime America. So let's just take that out. Um, my aspiration is... How can I boil this down? Within the next five years, for me to be financially independent. Now, financially independent pretty much means that I have businesses that are running where I no longer need to work for me to earn income, okay? that It's just passive income. It's similar to somebody if they, you know, open up 
um, you know, yogurt shop or, or McDonald's or something, just passive income. Why is that big is because my biggest goal, Kayla, is for me to be able to work with um, our youth here in Jacksonville, um, especially our underprivileged youth. For me to be able to go into um, schools and be able to talk about how money works, you know, teach them how it doesn't matter if you're seven years old or 17 years old, you could change the game up when it comes to your finances. Because where do you think most stress comes from? Finances. finances. So I want to be able to show that. But um, another vision that I have is within the next 10 years, for me, along with other entrepreneurs and other philanthropists, for us to be able to actually open up a school for um, our underprivileged youth, most of, most of them are people of color, we just know it's kind of statistics, and to teach them about their history, because that's forgotten, um, you know, teach our youth about the fact that you could be self-sustaining. Uh, I, I, my goal is within the next year when my partner and I buy a house is for me to be able to grow gardens, learn how to be sustaining, you know, um, learn how to eat better. And I want to be able to teach our youth to do that as well. So that's just a vision is to be able to mentor students, mentor kids, teenagers, especially. And then in 10 years, open up a school that will take that on a grand scale right there. Um, and of course, all the other fun stuff will come too. You know? That is, that is so awesome. I, um, I recently, I've been collaborating with a really cool woman. Her name's, um, Angelica Coleman. And the cool thing about her, she, is a contributor to an um, a magazine called Black Black Perspectives. Okay, good, yeah. And, and what they focus on is black people in the world of tech, black people in the mm -hmm. corporate world, and kind of the mindsets that we have. Very good, yeah. And one of the really cool things that you said that I really liked is that you want to teach them about their history. Yes. Um, something that I've experienced as a woman of color, and, you know, I have friends that some of them are, Native American, some of them are Indian, yep. some of them are Asian. A lot of people who, I, I will say Americanized yes. people of color right. especially, yeah. um, have this belief that they already have this stigma attached to them, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, and sometimes it discourages them Absolutely. or makes them scared to rise above. And I'm not saying that some people don't because there are people of color who do a wonderful, amazing Absolutely. things. Um, but I think knowing where they come from and knowing that the realism of it is is that this country was built on the backbone of Absolutely. them gives you, gives you courage to know that you literally can do anything. And Absolutely. you're as much a part of the brick and mortar aspect of this country as, as anyone else. So I think that's awesome that you want to do that. That's and big. You hit it right on the head, Kayla. I mean, imagine if we were teaching our, our our youth right now that it really was built on the backs. Do you know right now in Texas that slavery is not being taught in curriculum? I had heard yeah, that it wasn't being it's taught. It's major. And, and I have friends out in Texas right now, two of them are in the educational system. They're not being taught that now. There are people that say, well, that was so long ago. We should, you know, move past that. You got to know where your roots are. You have to know where you're from. And and once you know that, you'll get the courage and understand that I am stronger and that I am more than drugs. I am more than the the rap that we hear about, the negative stigmas that are placed on people of color right now. And if we're able to hear it, then it's big. You know, being able to not just learn about where Serena and Venus Williams come from. Exactly. Simone Biles, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but learning about people farther than Martin Luther King. Malcolm X, you know, learning about the history, but all the way back to Harriet Tubman. It was only 200-something years ago. Which you know isn't I mean? that long ago <laughs> when you think about it. Great-great-grandmother. Exactly. You know, it's it, it, Great-great, let's, let's bring it back, great-great-great-grandmother. That's not that far. You know, that's not that long ago. Slavery ended 1875. You know, that's that wasn't that long ago, and, and our youth needs to learn that. So that's why I'm excited, because there's a shift happening in our culture right now, and I would love to be able to make an impact to be able to do that and, and just change the game up a little bit. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be right? awesome. I mean, it's the perfect time to do it, not to say that it wasn't before, but I feel like people are starting to ask more questions. Absolutely, 100%. I won't. I won't turn this into yeah. too oh, much well, of a political. We won't. We yeah, won't we won't. That, yeah. We won't go that route. But, that, that, but that's just my vision for that. You know, so so I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that right there. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, what would be your matrix? You said you want to educate. Mm-hmm. What are some things about money that you feel like youth, and maybe not even just youth, but people in general should know about money and the benefits of having um, life insurance? What, 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 things like that. what yeah. would you tell them right now if you could speak to them directly? It, if, if I had to boil it down, um, it always starts with questions, okay? My question is, has anybody ever sat down with you and showed you how to break generational poverty? What do you think most people say to that? No. No. If I could show you, not only show you the education, but give you a game plan to do so, would you want to learn about it? Not buy it, but would you want to learn about that? What do you you think most people say from that? Yes. Sit down with them, right, and show them. So what I always start off with is life insurance, Okay. I never, Kayla, thought I'd be talking about life insurance in a career <laughs> ever, right? If you would have told me 10 years ago, listen, you're going to be helping people with life insurance, I would have laughed, right? But <laughs> what I learned is, is it's, it's the best kept secret in America to creating first generational wealth. And that's what I show people. Because here's what we know. Kayla, when was the last time you turned on the news or you went on Facebook and you saw a GoFundMe account for a funeral? Um, I don't think I've ever seen a GoFundMe account for a funeral. Now that you've, now that you're aware of it, though, I bet you'll see it more often. I just saw one yesterday for a young man, 20 years old, life taken away from him. Now his mom is not only having to deal with the emotional loss, but the financial devastation as well because she has to go on GoFundMe. That ties into all kinds of different things because picture this. If you are able to... Let's say, for example, pay $20,000. If I said, Kayla, if you give me, my company, Mm $20,000 in 40 years when you pass away, right? We're not going to say 40 years, but 60, 70, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. We know that we're going to pay out $200,000 or $300,000 or whatever it may be. Would that be a good investment right there? I think it would be. That's life insurance. I never knew that. See, I know this is that. If I were to pass away, whether prematurely or far from now, my family, my nephews, my kids, who I'm hoping that I have soon, right? <laughs> my mom, all that, not only they're going to have enough money to be able to take care of me in my final cost, but also for themselves and for my children's children because the investments I'm going to set up with life insurance, they're going to get set. A lot of people don't know that's how the Rockefellers, that's how the Kennedys were able to create their wealth and self-sustain it. That's how you're able to create first-generational wealth. That's what I show people there. Getting out of debt. How many financial companies, how many banks are trying to teach people how to get out of debt? Let's really think about it. None. None, right? They're trying to get you into more debt, right? Exactly. I'm able to sit down with people and just show them, listen, you have this much debt. It could be a lot. It could be a little. But if you just learn a little bit different on how to reconstruct your debt, not reconsolidate or none of that craziness, but just think of debt differently, you can not only get out of debt five to ten years sooner, but you can also save tens of thousands of dollars on interest. Most people don't understand that. And you can be able to become completely debt-free. Do you think most people are paying off their houses in 30 years like the game plan is, or are they paying on a house for the rest of their life nowadays? The rest of their life. The rest of their life. It used to not be like that. People would get a 15-year 15 15-year 15 mortgage or whatever it may be, and they pay it off in 15 years. But because we're not thinking of it the way that we should, people are drowning in debt. So I sit down with people, and I show them that. And the last thing is investments. Kayla, when was the last time you went to a gas station, Walmart, McDonald's, and you saw somebody old enough to be our grandparents still working? Uh, last night, actually. Last night, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit on my rocking chair when I'm 65 years old and rock myself to death, okay? But I sure as heck don't want to be working with no kids next to me either, right? I want to do fun <laughs> stuff. Do you think that person that you saw last night still working wanted to be there? No. Not at all. Let's be real here, right? Mm-hmm. So what I get to do is I show people, listen, and it's all within their budget, save this much money, keep doing this, so on and so forth, and you will have this much money saved to where you can retire that's a game plan and it all comes through education because here's the cool part whether somebody becomes a client of mine and they usually do but whether they become a client of mine 
My job is by the time they're done sitting down with me, Kayla, they know more about finances than they'll most likely ever learn sitting down in that period of time, but that they could teach their family. They could teach their friends. They can have a conversation. Hey, listen, homie, guess what? I just learned something about life insurance. Check this out. And they can sit down with them. And that's how you be able to impact the community just by a ripple effect. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. You're so, planting the seed. That's, that's all it is. That's all it is. Plant the seed and keep giving. You give and eventually it'll come, come back to me. You know? Well, some of the greatest minds in the world, it was a seed that's that all. got them to where they are. 100%. People like Steve Jobs, um, Bill Gates. 100%. A yeah. bunch of different people out there who have done these amazing things and... Even like the Rockefellers, wh- whoever it is you yeah. want to name. What, what is your favorite part about what you do? It goes back to making a difference, helping people, you know. The money is awesome. But being able to like really just know that when that person leaves there, if they really listen to me, they, they walk away with something that will stick with them. Um... That's that's the biggest impact for me, is being able to to do that. Because everybody wants to share their passion. My passion just happens to be educating people on how money works. And it also ties into leadership. You know, I've been able to um, almost turn into a coach, you know, when it comes to that. Oh, that's another goal of mine. Another vision is to become a life coach. For, for people and just share my experiences. I you know, won't be able to go into it now, but share my experiences in life and show them how if you have the right type of mindset when it comes to challenges, if you have the right type of mindset when it comes to spirituality, how you can really, really change the game up. And so um, my favorite thing about what I do is that I'm able to have a platform where I can help people when it comes to their finances, but it also lets me engage with people when it comes to life experiences and help them go through tough times. Now, so that's it. Were you, you take a lot of leadership roles now, and you, you do a lot of coaching, coaching now mm-hmm. and teaching with people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Five years ago, did you struggle with leadership? Has it been something that you've had to kind of... Um, Grow, develop, oh, yeah, 100%. For real, <laughs> yeah. Um, say, for example, I used to work at racetrack, all right? Mm-hmm. I was 19 years old. Um, I mean, I had a lot of jobs, but that was my first job that I was actually a manager. I was a swing manager. Mm-hmm. And I was good at managing, but not leading. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a difference with there that? There is a difference. Huge difference, right? Um, barking at people, so on and so forth. And I meant well, but leadership is different. And so for the past five years, I've not only been able to be mentored by other leaders, but books, listening to good audio, listening to other people that will help you develop the leader within you, um, has definitely changed the game up. That's something I tell people all the time, because again, Primaric is not for everybody. I, this might sound callous, but I don't really care if you work in Primaric, but if you grow as a person and put yourself in the right environment to do so and grow as a leader, you're winning. I love that. I'll support you completely. Um, because that's what's we're, what we're lacking in the United States right now. That's what's lacking is that there's not enough leaders just yet to go out there and want to really make a difference. There's a lot of followers. And for anybody, if you just pick up a book, John Maxwell, Developing the leader within you. That will Great change book. your... Uh, incredible. That'll change the game up, you know? Uh, John Maxwell, he's a pioneer when it comes to leadership. The, you know, the five, the five levels of leadership. That's an excellent book right there, you know? Um, you know, How to Think Like a Millionaire. That doesn't just talk about money. It's developing the leader within you. And so five years ago, no, definitely not. You know, I have a lot of growing to do. Okay, I know that. Everybody does. Um, but when people ask me... What do you like the most about Primerica? I'm able to say it changed. I mean, it changed my life completely. I feel like I'm a, a better daughter to my mom and dad. I'm a better sister. Um, I'm a better aunt. I'm a better uh, friend because of the fact that I've been able to develop the leader within me. And, uh, and that's kind of 
the avenue for that. Did I answer your question? I you did. I, that was a long one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you did. I just I, get all as, excited and stuff, you know? You know <laughs> as, as a writer, I appreciate long answers. Okay. <laughs> I love stories, so I will never stop Okay, that makes, I appreciate it. I, um, I feel like you're absolutely right. With leadership, there there isn't enough leaders. And I think part of the reason might also be fear. Um, yeah. a, a lot of people feel as if, what if I fail? What if I don't do this right? What if people don't take to me when I try to lead them? That's something that I experienced while trying to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've started doing is just kind of not completely going into something blind, but putting myself in uncomfortable situations mm. that allow me to be that leader sure. and experience what it's like. And it's it's helped me tons. But what would you say to people who are very afraid of starting something new or being a leader mm-hmm. or um, really, really utilizing their full potential. Like maybe you have this person that has all these dreams, goals, and aspirations, mm-hmm. but they haven't found that push. What would you say to them? Well, let me hit on a couple of things first, okay? okay? The first one is is the fear of failure. I have a very important statement when it comes to that. You're going to fail. <laughs> that's, that's all it is to it you're gonna fall it it is what it is see a lot of people picture I, I want you to picture um an arrow okay and the arrow the i'm sorry a line and there's arrows on both sides okay a lot of people feel like failure is on one side of the arrow and success is on the other completely incorrect failure is in the same direction as success you're going to fail so you have to do it anyways and whatever success means to you, whether success is I'm going to speak in front of a group of 20 people and I'm not going to throw up, okay? Guess what? You're going to have to speak in front of a ton of people a couple of times before you don't feel like throwing up and sharing that success. I mean, it's graphic, but that's what it is, you know. Success could be like, uh, you know, Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, do you know how many times he failed before he was able to open up a, a store, a Starbucks store? Um, Two, 272 times he failed. 272 times. That's drastic, but there's a Starbucks on every corner. Literally. Literally every, every, every corner. corner. Everybody knows it. But failure was on track of success. So if somebody is, you know, wanting to conquer that fear, as cheesy as this may sound, you got to do it. You have to. I mean, it is what it is. You're going to have to go through that because you said it yourself is you were uncomfortable, you know, trying to take that leadership standpoint. So you went in blindly. That's perfect. See, you almost have to be either so naive or so mentally tough that you're willing to do it anyways. And that's what counts, right? Like you have to have that kind of mindset when it comes to I'm just going to give this sucker a shot, a shot because... Everything good comes out outside of your comfort zone. See, for me, I'm an athlete, okay? I grew up, I've been playing sports since, since I was little. Um, so my, my, my physical being, my stamina can be an athlete. However, I got comfortable not being mobile, playing sports, eating whatever I want to. So now I'm in a, in a, a comfortable state. But what I want to do now is be more fit, be more athletic, lose some weight. Do you think I'm going to be able to do it by sitting down and eating McDonald's all the time? No. Nah. <laughs> I got to get out of my comfort zone. And that's where all success lies. So anybody that wants to public speak, honey, you're going to have to do it more often. You're going <laughs> to suck at it, okay? You're going to suck at it. You're gonna, I mean, you're going to be terrible. But if you're willing to just go through it anyways, you'll be able to get it done. And, and so that's what I always tell people. I always tell people, let me bring it back to um, Primerica. I hire people, and my job is to teach them how money works so that they can teach other people how to do so. I have people come to me, oh, I'm not good at sales. Um, Kayla, they tell me, listen, I don't think I can do it. I've never done this before. That's fine. <laughs> That's good, okay? <laughs> if you're willing to try it, though, I could teach you how to hit your goals and dreams. Now, a lot of people aren't willing to try it because the comfort zone is where it's at. They are afraid of failure. But for the people that are willing to go through and get uncomfortable learn something new, for the people that are willing to fail in order to get success, that's where they'll be able to attribute to. It's like writers. You and your podcast. It's the same exact thing. 
So, uh, so I think it's the biggest thing is be naive, try it, go through it, suck at it at first, and eventually you'll get good. You'll get good. It's, it's true. Simple as it is, you know, it's simple <laughs> as it is. That's very true. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's, that's something that it's, it's easier said than done. You're but, right. But once, once you try it and try it again and again, it's eventually going to get easier. 100%. Like with anything that you do. Like, for instance, me with cooking rice. It took several different <laughs> you know, times. You the rice up. It's so hard. Yes. <laughs> but, but it comes just, down to it. Exactly. Yeah. It comes down to it. I think that's the biggest thing. So, great question. Excellent question. Hi. Um, leadership and, and overcoming fear is, is a big part of a lot of people that I interview on the podcast are all people that have been afraid. We all get afraid at oh, one point course, or another. Yeah. But are even yourself they're all people that are following their dreams and impacting their community because they choose to be brave enough to stand on a stage or create something new or maybe create something that's out there but in a different sort of way right and um that that's what's important that's what that's what i like to see and what inspires me every day Mm -hmm. so it's just so great that you do that um, what are some obstacles that you yourself are experiencing? And it doesn't have to be related to what you do, mm-hmm. but just within yourself. Um, consistency is a big one. Um, just to be transparent. Consistency on two different areas, okay? When people experience a certain amount of success, what do we usually do when you experience success? You get comfortable. You get comfortable and you stop doing what you did to be successful. My consistency is is when I experience success in whatever area I'm doing, you have to keep doing it in order to be able to build that habit up. So that's the biggest thing is consistency and, and self-talk, okay? Um, I feel like I'm a very optimistic person. I feel like I'm very, uh, I feel like I, I've been able to develop mental toughness. But Caleb, there are times where I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and... Sometimes negative thoughts seep into my head. That right there is the biggest challenge for me and for a lot of people, you know. Whatever you say to yourself, whatever you think about, you bring about. And, uh, and so that's the, that's the biggest obstacle for me is, is how am I talking to myself, you know. If I mess up, I can't say... You're an idiot, okay? Because guess what? I'm telling myself I'm an idiot. And, and um, the biggest obstacle is making sure that I'm my biggest fan. Kaylee, you got to be your biggest fan. Whoever's listening, you got to be your that. biggest fan. You got you to gotta be fired up. And, and not to the point where you're arrogant or cocky, but confident. Confident and arrogance, there's a fine line with there it. Is. Very fine line. Um, but being able to talk to yourself and, and tell yourself that you are the best. I do my affirmations, girl, in order to fight my obstacles of the negative self-talk that I have and make sure I don't beat myself up. Some people might think this is corny, but I look at myself in the mirror and I talk to myself really, really nice. I, I don't think that you're corny at all. I do the same thing. I have three things that I say to myself what are they? every morning. The first one is, you are beautiful. The second one is, the universe will conspire. I'm a writer, so the third one is watch me write. But yeah, those are those are three things that I say to myself every day. And you know, it it gets me through. Absolutely. And it keeps me consistent. Absolutely. I'll use your consistent. word. Consistent. Yes. Because we all feel sometimes we wake up and we're just we don't feel like doing it. Nothing. We've uh, laying down, we watching Netflix, whatever it may be. Um can I help you with something with one of your affirmations that you say? Yes, you can. Instead of saying you are beautiful, say I am. See, I am, and, and this is philosophy, this is Buddha, this is all things. I am are the two most powerful words that you could put together. By saying I am and looking at yourself in the mirror, you can lie to other people, okay? We can lie. I mean, we can lie to other people. But whenever you look at yourself and you say I am, you're speaking to yourself, and when you look at your in, inside your eyes, the windows of the soul, you know that you can't lie to yourself, so you're implementing. See, saying you are, it's like you're speaking to somebody else. I am is you really implementing into your own heart. That is a big thing. Um, I am incredible. I am unstoppable. 
I am phenomenal. I'm a great leader. I'm getting fired. You know, see that? It. Like just seeing that I am, and that right there is is something that you're able to embrace. I tell people, I don't care if you are shy, you're an introvert, you um, don't have self confidence, things of that sort. If you create three three phrases, and if you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say that in the morning. And at night, before you go to bed, you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing you do, and you go to bed at night, and you say whatever three phrases you want to say, but it has to have I am in front of it, within two weeks, you'll feel different, guaranteed 100%. I, I'll bet money on that, consistently. I am unstoppable. How do you think I feel when I say that, girl? Like you're about to take on the <laughs> I'm world. I'm to take on the world. Like how I felt after Wonder Woman. See, oh, that was a great <laughs> yeah. one, right? Don't get me started, right? I'll fan girl that one, right? But... Um, that's what I suggest to people. You know, tonight before you go to bed, I am beautiful. That is a wonderful, wonderful phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Your next one was? The next one was the universe will conspire. The universe will conspire. I love that. I always say the universe bends to my will. That right there is lined up, right? See? And the last one. What's your last one? Watch me right. Watch me right. Watch me right. And that right there is you implementing and and pretty much telling the universe, I'm going to get it done. You know, and so... Those are very powerful. I tell people to do their affirmations all the time. And, and that's how I overcome my obstacle of negative self-talk. I, um, affirmations help me a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've recommended to a couple people who have felt discouraged of at course. points or another. And I find that it helps them too. And different things work for different people. Mm-hmm. But if you guys want to do something that really won't hurt you in any way, give it a try. Give it a shot. Yeah. Two weeks in the morning and at night. It'll take you seriously 30 seconds. Yeah, it will. It doesn't take And let me tell y'all, you're going to feel goofy. You're going to think it's weird. <laughs> you're going to hope your neighbors, if you live in an apartment, I hope that they don't hear me talking to myself, right? But once you do it, you'll realize it's a game changer because your self-talk and what you, what you tell yourself every single day is what counts. Is what counts. So you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> so... I always ask like a variation of this question. It's changed a little bit because mm-hmm. I want people listening to the podcast and already preparing an answer. There you go. Okay, good, good, good. Interview. Yeah. Um, but if you could say three things to your younger self, what would you say? Kayla, you're on point with these questions. Girl. <laughs> okay. um, three things to my younger self. Stephanie, you're not a victim. You're a victor. My first thing. You're not a victim, you're a victor. Um, why? Is because when bad things tend to happen to you, we want to throw a pity party. It's just, it is what it is. I've had challenging things happen to me in my life. Um, and looking back on those times, I would have saved a lot of grief, heartache, and time if I would have looked at those challenges and said, okay, this sucks that has happened. This is going to be really hard for you to get out of, but you're a victor anyway, so just go get it. So that's the first thing is uh, you're not a victim, you're a victor. Um, the second thing is is fail faster. Fail faster. Try it, okay? I've done a lot of jobs. I've done all kinds of things, but um, failing faster would help me get success faster, you know? So, so what I told myself to fail faster and... Um, and the third thing is, is that life is too long for me to drag it out, but too short for me to not max out. I like that. that makes sense. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's completely contrary to how most people would mm-hmm. view it. And that's, that's what I like. Can you delve a little bit deeper into that last one yeah, for, for me? For sure. Um, you know, YOLO came out, you know, you only, you only live once kind of thing. And so people were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, life is long. So doing something that's not going to be beneficial to you in the long run, you can't drag it out. You can't drag your feet. You know, when I was 20 years old, God knows what I was doing. Right. Uh, if I would have got a little bit more serious though, and realizing that I got to max out quicker, I got to get this thing done better. Um, having that mindset of is life is too long to drag it out, but too short to max it out. If I were to pass away, knock on wood tomorrow, do I feel like I have maxed out my life to the best of my ability? Not being a perfectionist, but to the best of my ability. That's kind of the mindset that 
five, six, ten years ago, if I would have thought about that, I would have done things differently. Now, I'm doing everything I can to get it done. You know, if, if you were to put that in aspect for you, life is too long to drag it out, but too short to max it out. Do you believe that you would have made different decisions when you were I definitely do. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I've gotten to a place where I've tried not to regret anymore. That's good. Because it shaped me into who I am. But I think we all, by nature, have things that we regret. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I would have never taken right, that job. Right, right, Or, I really didn't need those shoes as much as I thought I <laughs> For sure. <laughs> the little things. I just bought a jacket. I was thinking, I was like, why did I buy this jacket yesterday, right? Um, you're right on that. You know, you're right on that. And, and regret is a strong word. That means you wish you wouldn't have done that. I look at it as lessons now. I made a life-changing decision five years ago. Life-changing decision. Which didn't seem like a big deal then. And it took me three years, so just two years ago, for me to realize I can't regret that decision anymore. That was a lesson that I had, that I, I had to have in order for me to be where I'm at now. And uh, and it just comes down to, you got to max out now. You got to do everything you can to, to do the best that you, you know, do everything that you can to know that if I were to pass away today, am I satisfied with what I've done? Am I maxing out my potential? And um, I think that's the, the easiest way for me to explain why I would have told myself that uh, a few years ago. I like that. That's awesome answer. <laughs> I appreciate that. Was not prepared. So good, good question. <laughs> it's okay. I try to choose questions that people don't get asked for. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate Cause, it. Because they make you think. Um, honestly, I don't think I'd be able to answer that question. Now you know. <laughs> I'll get you going next time, right? I'll get you going right. next time. But thank you so much thank for you. coming on and speaking with me today. It was it was awesome talking with you. Every time every time we talk, Nola, I always walk away feeling pumped up. Same thing for yeah. me, right? So, I mean, Being able to inspire it. So I, I appreciate you and, and thank you for what you're doing with your podcast. Awesome. Be consistent with it. Right? Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep giving because this is something that you're doing pretty much for free, giving that information out with people, right? And and Keep giving because uh, because you never know whose life you're changing right now, Kayla. So thank you for being you. Thank you for always is just really wanting to help others the way that you do. So uh, I appreciate you a lot. Thank you very much. I got you, girl. Special thanks goes to Stephanie Taylor for being on the show and speaking with me. It was a great experience. You can find her under the Instagram and Facebook handle of TaylorMade. And that'll be Taylor, the name Taylor, with the word made attached to it. If you want to learn more about what she's doing or just kind of keep up to date with what's going on or reach out to her, you can find her in those two places. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will see you very soon.